And now, a brand new episode of Script to Screen, live on Radio Lebanon 96.2 FM, made to be heard. Welcome to a brand new episode of Script to Screen here on Radio Lebanon 96.2 FM. I'm your host, Al Mahana, and today's episode is another jam-packed episode. Goodness gracious, do I love it when this show is jam-packed with so much things, so many things to say, so much to take care of, uh, so many events happening in this country uh, as well. Uh, you know, it's, it's film festival season is what it is. You, you know, most people are like, World Cup this, World Cup that. I'm like, no, no, no. Come to Lebanon. Come to film festival season. That's that's where the hype should be. Um, but before we jump into all of that, I've got two little corrections I need to make because we made the little boo-boos in the past two episodes. Um, and we're not pride. We're, we're not the kind of people that are like beyond prideful that cannot admit to when mistakes are made. First off, I would like to send out a big, big apology to uh, uh, the great actress Emmy Rosem Emmy, um, who we uh, accidentally dubbed Emily. We pulled a Ross on this. Uh, we said Emily instead of uh, uh, Emmy. Um, and the other was uh, proclaiming that Josh Brolin acted in a terrible film called 12 Strong when technically he was in a film that was amazing called Only the Brave. Uh, you know, slightly mistakes, slight mistakes there. But see, I don't make mistakes alone. No, 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 no. I don't make mistakes alone. So join me in welcoming the solo to my Chewbacca, the one, the only odd solo. Hello, hello, hello! Thank you for blaming me. I feel so. I didn't. I didn't right blame now. you. I'm just saying we'll that we share, have to. We have to we'll share, share the blame. The blame. Yeah, it's fine. We have to share the weight. Share the mistakes. I, I have no you, problem. You are a co-host. Yeah, true. That's part of being you know? a co-host. You know, is being partially wrong. So yeah, it's fine. exactly. It's fine. I can exactly. That. This is this is it. This is exactly it. Uh, how you been? Pretty good. Pretty good. I'm very excited. As you said, we have a jam-packed show. We yeah, have a lot we do. To talk about. We do. We have a lot to debate about festivals and whatnot it's gonna be interesting it's gonna be a nice nice ride personally i cannot wait for the whatnot yeah what yeah. not what not mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um so our movie of the week let's let's jump right in uh because uh, we we don't got a lot of time yep um the movie of the week caused a bit of a stir between between uh, solo and mahana there um we uh, had the amazing pleasure of getting a chance to watch um uh, american animals which is a uh, an independent American film. Uh, it did a bunch of rounds at film festivals, yep. got a lot of uh, positive, uh, um, you know, reviews. Uh, although, sadly, I think it's going straight to DVD and Blu-ray, uh, yep. which is kind of sad because a film like this should have at least gotten uh, um, some uh, movie theater screening, which it, technically it is in Lebanon, but in the U.S., Maybe not. Uh, it's weird how distribution works, which is why I can't wait for the distribution uh, round yep, uh, round table. Um, but American Animals, wow! It was a, it was a very good movie. It was Look, 
I mean, listen, for me, I, mm. you know, I, I think last week we said the top five films of the year. I yep. think I might have to knock one of my top five off to put this one in its stead because I fell absolutely in love with this movie. Um, I think uh, on, on a technical level, execution level, the film is just genius in the way that uh, uh, the director... Um, uh, Shoot, Bart Layton, I think that's yeah. his name. Um, uh, he merged, you know, documentary filmmaking with narrative filmmaking, completely blurring the lines between reality and, and fiction. And the soundscape of the film, the cinematography, the acting, by far, Evan Peters. Is there anything this kid can't do? He's quite a charming guy, good actor, very good He's actor. So very good. talented fellow. He's so good. Yeah. I'd love a chat with this kid. We should invite him. I would love to invite him. Could you imagine one day we'd be like that big of a show where we're like, you know, we're talking to stars? That would be, wow. That'd be awesome. Massive, yeah. That'd be awesome. Look, I can't, I can't disagree with anything you said. No, right. Here, here's my problem with the movie. Yeah. The acting is amazing. Mm -hmm. The story is, it's a true story, uh, which makes it even more uh, interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the way it's, it's shot, uh, we were discussing this. It reminded me a bit of uh, Fincher, David Fincher. Yeah, yeah. He has a lot of uh, those kind of uh, uh, images. camera. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But, but, my big but is that the movie really bothered me to an extent that I didn't like it. Okay. On a personal, I appreciate. Yeah, yeah. I highly appreciate this movie and people should go and watch it. But you might have different reactions depending on different people. And I think what didn't help us specifically in the movie theater, it was not a very comfortable movie theater. No, it wasn't. Uh, there were children in the movie theater and it's not a movie for kids. Which so makes me want to raise a, a very valid uh, uh, point yeah, yeah. here. Don't take we're going to be talking about a, a very humanitarian effort uh, uh, later on the show. Mm -hmm. um, um, to add on to that humanitarian effort, parents, please don't take your children to movies that are like rated R yeah. on a humanitarian level. That is so wrong on so Absolutely. many different, uh, like so many different issues. Like mm. the film was, it's was, not, it's not a film for kids. No, it's, it's not. not like it, absolutely not. Like not only were they cursing, they, there were, there are a lot of psychological, psychological, and deep, deep themes, you know, themes, mature themes. Uh, you know, it's a film that's literally dealing with, with the, with the, uh, the, the, the corruption of the American dream mm. uh, or the corrupt American dream. Yeah. Um, kid isn't going to understand anything. No, like why no. on earth were there kids in that? You know, uh, I have no idea. And they, and they, they, they it's a very tense film and, it it is. And, and with them asking their mother questions and mother talking next to us, that increased the tension in the movie theater. Yeah. And by the time I left the movie theater, we had a bite, you and I, and we were, it was like I, I ran a marathon. I was exhausted. Yeah, yeah. I was cranky. I was in a bad mood. I did not like the person I was after the movie. Does it raise a lot of important questions? Definitely. Uh, is it again, well-made? Yes. It's definitely, definitely like a masterpiece, a modern masterpiece mm -hmm. that people have to watch. But again, there's always that balance between uh, appreciating a movie and actually liking or, or falling in love with the movie. And I, was not able to get into that side emotionally speaking yeah i think now, that's i think that's the purpose somewhere yeah, is, yeah, to, is yeah. to, to bother yeah, I, you i definitely believe somewhere in there layton's you know objective in this movie was for it to be a wake-up call it was for it, you know it's like when you're being scolded by a parent or when you're being told eventually that santa claus doesn't exist hopefully, he doesn't oh no oh no i know hopefully no kids are listening at this point um but it's that it's that like uh, shock 
You know, it, it's mm. the, uh, to use a Nolan uh, term from inception, it's the kick, you yeah. know, it's, it's that kick that you need mm. to wake up from that dream. And uh, this is why in a lot of ways it was a, it was a nice cathartic release for me. Like I loved seeing that mm. in a movie instead of it being the constant, you know, uh, uh, uh I don't know, like coddling of the millennial, you know, you're so special, you're Mm. so unique, you can do anything kind of mentality that Hollywood has had lately. It was refreshing to see a movie that was willing to take a risk and slap you across the face and say like, you know what, sometimes you're just ordinary and you should be okay with it. There's nothing wrong with being ordinary because when you try to do things that you're not meant to do because you believe that you can do it. Sometimes you will fall. And I, and in my review, I literally compared the film to the Greek myth Icarus because it was, it's literally a a modern retelling of Icarus in a completely different, obviously completely different situation, but that's what it was for me. Mm. Um, I absolutely loved it. I loved the fact that it bothered me because I I agree with it. It bothered me too. It's not like I left the movie going, wow, life is amazing. No, Mm. I was definitely bothered by the film, but I like when films for me, if a film is able to hit me on such an emotional level and, and it be a negative reaction emotionally, a disturbing reaction, for me, this is a film that is worth uh, uh, watching. But your reaction to the film is the same way I feel about a lot of you know yeah. Kubrick's films. And you and I had this discussion. I respect Kubrick's uh, genius, but I could never be, you know, you'll never find me saying, hey, you want to come over for a pizza, beer, and a Kubrick movie? You know, yeah. like, I'm not going to do that. It's just not going to be, you know, I teach cinema and I'm not ashamed to say, like, I can teach you Kubrick, Kubrick but that doesn't mean that I have to love Kubrick yeah. just because I'm teaching it, you know? Um, but yeah, that was, I mean... Yeah, go watch American Animals, guys. Check it out. Do check it out. Because honestly, I don't think a movie like this is going to last long in the movie theaters. So you need to watch it. I highly recommend that you watch it this weekend before the jam-packed couple of weeks come out with like a whole bunch of you know we've got blockbusters coming out in the next couple of weeks. So um, and 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 talk about the movie after with your friends. Yes, it's a nice topic. It's a nice conversation. It it really like opens your neurons left and right. So do that. Today, we uh, are bringing you screeners, um, uh, like we said, a jam-packed episode, and our second guest for actually... Yep. Second guest? Second guest this season. Yeah, second guest this season. Um, Our second guest this season, the one and only Dima El Ansari, the coordinator of the Karama Film Festival. Hello. 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 Welcome to Script to Screen. <laughs> thank you. And thank you very much for hosting me. Of course. Of <laughs> course. Um, so this is, I mean, like we said earlier, it's it's like film festival season mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. Uh, we've got the Lebanese Independent Film Festival that's currently, their closing night is tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yes. next week, you guys take over Metropolis Cinema. That's right. Tuesday the 17th. Tuesday the 17th. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Well, Dima, let's um, let's take a few steps back okay. um, mm-hmm. and kind of let our listeners know uh, who we like to call screeners. Mm-hmm. Um, let them know um, how you kind of got into the business mm-hmm. and then how you reached this point of being the coordinator of this great humanitarian film festival. <laughs> okay. Um, let's, let's see how I can try and make this short. <laughs> uh, um, I've, I guess I've always been in the business. I studied uh, radio, TV, film and theater at uh, LAU and mm-hmm. I 
went on to continue doing a master's at it at Goldsmith University of London. And then mm -hmm. I just started. I worked in Kuwait, uh, Dubai, and most recently Canada. Wow, okay. And I've just come back uh, for the past two years from Canada, um, where I was there for six years. And I did all kinds of uh, films. I, I'm mostly a film and theater background. And okay. With, uh, with the human rights as something that I always care about. And mm -hmm. I like to use my art and my skills for social change. Okay. So it, it's very natural that I would end up working with the human rights. Festival. Yeah, it, 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 it is. It, just, it is very, it's, it's like so a, the perfect fit. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, was there a bit of a culture shock with you coming back from um, being all over the place for so long? I was born in Lebanon and I always say I want to die in Lebanon. Um, okay. And I, it, it's definitely a difficult country, uh, city to kind of... Um, to work in and to mm -hmm. be a part of, but I feel that I can do it. I've lived in so many different places that Lebanon is is not, it's not that hard. It's not that bad. And every city has its pros and cons, as you know. Yeah, well. But Lebanon needs us. It needs people to come back, and especially after we've learned so much having lived abroad. We need to come Agreed. back here and do mm -hmm. what we can. Agreed. You know? And I wish, I wish, so agree. I, I wish I could do more. Let's, let me just tell yeah. you. But here I am. I'm doing this. You know what? Yeah, yeah, there's this like really cheesy line from a, an old uh, miniseries um, called Dinotopia. At one point they say every raindrop raises the sea. Uh, and so like, you know, with us doing this show and you guys doing this festival, it's like, you know, we're, we're making change. It might not be like huge change, but it's it's change. We're going to change the world. Mm, yeah. <laughs> one raindrop at a time. Awesome. <laughs> um, so, okay. So then now you said you, you weren't the coordinator last year last, the last year, edition my right film was at the festival oh okay and that's how i just started to get part wow of okay okay yeah, okay cool I, I had a short film that i had done right when i got back to lebanon it was about a syrian refugee who hasn't been able to continue her schooling in lebanon because okay. of the inability to study and learn french and english so i started that way i started to help with the english content and then Haytham, who i had known from lau and okay. i decided that i would stay on and coordinate the mm. festival moving forward Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. But, but for people who don't know, what is the, the festival? What is, the what festival? is yeah. What yeah. are we talking about? Exactly. Yeah, so this is not about me. <laughs> uh, so the festival, this is the third edition of the Human Rights Film Festival. It's basically uh, organized by a an, uh, Lebanese NGO called Art Factory, 961, okay. uh, which came about uh, because we wanted to really, they wanted to, the director, Haytham Shamis, and the program coordinator, mm -hmm. Najwa Kondakshi, wanted to really raise the awareness in Lebanon and the rest of the world about what is actually happening happening mm. uh, in terms of human rights and what, uh, raise awareness, get people to be more interested in the subject. I'm which is weird. You'd think that people would be naturally interested, mm -hmm. but it's not the case, as you know. And to just start having a culture or, an, or like, let's call it a discussion space where people can get involved and really just start to understand that there's things that are going mm -hmm. on around us and the films are from everywhere. So we're basically a film festival mm -hmm. and a discussion space and we bring films from all over the Arab region uh, and, uh, and further. And globally, okay. Globally, uh, in order to mm, shed the light on things that need to happen. So the first edition was about, it was called The Other, in okay. which we started to examine uh, refugees and minorities, different people and the vision. The second festival was about um, new identities. So how we how we formulate identities, even when we exist in diaspora or dislocation. Mm -hmm. um, and then this third festival is because we've been seeing a real, real increase in surveillance and, um, you know, uh, people being imprisoned for defamation or just people not being able to express themselves. Mm -hmm. So we decided to call it uh, Free the Word, which is because we want to talk about freedom of expression and the rights behind wow, freedom okay. of expression. Yeah. Impressive. Yeah. 
it's, it's, it's really interesting. It's, and it is very timely too. I think the idea of freedom of expression with, you know, social media becoming such a toxic space, you know, like if you voice an opinion that the majority disagree with, you've somehow become, you know, you can become mm -hmm. a racist, a sexist, uh, <sighs> whatever, just Absolutely. because you're sharing your view, you know, oh, yeah. and, um, totally. yeah, yeah, um, yeah, we've just... lost the, uh, the concept of an opinion, mm -hmm. you know, like it's like, you can't have an opinion. It's like, this is the way it is. You know, it's, it's very, it's almost like fascist in a way that the, what, what is happening with. I'll just tell you a story from university where I teach. Uh, there's a, a, a student who just expressed his opinion about Lebanon and just decided to give his opinion on social media with his mm -hmm. friends. He's a journalist, a blogger. Mm -hmm. And he just said something bad about the cedar tree, I guess. And maybe the president, he got in big trouble. He got, he went to jail. They had to go yeah. and take him out. It, he became a big deal. People were talking about taking away his nationality, like actually taking away his mm -hmm. nationality. Lebanese nationality because he just expressed his opinion uh, about and of course we need to criticize if we don't criticize ourselves who how are we going exactly to get better? No, no, I That's agree how you get better. I agree you be critical and then you get better everybody knows that so how many um, you know going back going back to the film festival yes. how many how many films are selected every year um, it's different every year last okay. year there were 21 this year there are 16 it all okay. depends on you know funding because we're a totally nonprofit we depend on yeah. uh, various um, parts Partners and supporters. This year, the festival is uh, being is in cooperation with three of the embassies in Lebanon: the Swiss, um, the Czech, and the Netherlands okay. uh, embassy, as well as UNIC, the UN mm. Information Center. So, uh, it depends. Yep. It depends on what we have, and it, we're, we're a very small organization. So we really yeah. and we offer the films free to everybody. So I just want to tell you all: it's free, free mm -hmm. films, and they're really amazing films uh, too. Uh, but so uh, we've chosen sixteen this year, and they they. A mixture of uh, feature documentary and feature film, short documentary and short film. Okay, yeah. and is there like a like a committee that picks the movies from the submissions? That Absolutely, come in? Yeah, there okay. is from uh, from the organizers. The committee okay. is from the organizers. From the organizers, yeah, and yeah. they are. What is it? Um, Haitha, do you want me to? Haitham, Haitham yeah. Najwa, and uh, another uh, uh, organizer named Najib. Okay. Okay, yeah. so they're the ones mm -hmm. that end up picking the picking the films, which films will be screened Absolutely. that year. Absolutely, and we put a call out. We, we put a call out on all our media, and we get lots of uh, we, we get lots of films. Actually, we've been getting quite a number of films as uh, with every year. Good, yeah, and that's so we, awesome. We try to choose the ones that we think are the most relevant to our mm -hmm. audience here in Lebanon, or also the ones that are the most artistically mm -hmm. uh, well done. And you really are going to be so surprised at the kind of quality that you're going to see. And at it, this you know, and it happens across how many days? It happens across. Four days from Four the seventeenth to the twentieth. Okay. Um, there is the opening film on the seventeenth. It's called Gaza Surf Club. Yeah, I, I, I'm, it looks like. I mean, like it, it sounds, sounds like a really, cool. really cool movie. So cool! It is such a cool movie. And you know, you know, Gaza is an open air prison. It's been called an open air prison by Noam Chomsky and many other people. And yet, you find that the resilience of the people. It's just like they're by the water. They're out on the waves. They're catching the waves. It's such a mm. metaphor for their lives and what's going yeah, on. Yeah, very true. Makes you, it inspires me. Yeah. Let me tell you. And there's a bunch of other really great films. I don't know, of course, how much time we have to get into them, but it's kind of there's almost uh, two films, and then there's shorts on the okay. second day, and then almost two films every day. And the evenings start at around six. Okay, so and it starts at around six. So it's in the evening. It's it not during the, the day. Okay, it's okay. It's not during the day. Okay. Every evening from Tuesday until Friday, and okay. Friday is the closing ceremony. And it'll, we'll have two really great films on the closing. There's 17, which is an awesome documentary from 
from Jordan on an all girls national FIFA national under 17 girls football. Oh, that's so cool. It is so, so cool. And they are, they're wonderful. Mm. And they talks about the, their struggle to get to the, to play yeah, at this team, sure. obviously, and how much f- they face at being girls. Um, and then of course the last closing film, which we've left for the end, cause it's just super, it's called the band and it's mm. about, uh, it's, um, a, a Iraqi Sufi music group mm-hmm. who are trying to play their music in Al Sadr city in Iraq, mm-hmm. uh, but are faced with so much uh, extremism that they aren't actually allowed to play their music. Wow. Um, well, I mean that that I mean band. that's freedom of expression right there. Yeah. Yeah. Or the lack thereof. Uh, you know, lack thereof. That's what we have in our program. The lack of it. Yeah. The lack of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, it sounds like a like a fun, um, uh, informative, enlightening kind of uh, film festival. Um, you know, I, I mentioned this uh, to a colleague of mine the other day. I was like, with Lebanon being such a small country, sometimes I almost feel like film festivals have become so oversaturated because like we have so many. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like seeing like some of the new film, newer film festivals that have come out have been more niche based, which kind of makes it I mean, it gives it a point or a purpose. So it's not like just a random film festival. It's like, okay, so no, we've got the Mescoon Film Festival, which is like for genre films. This is more humanitarian, more enlightening, more, you know, like, so you're probably going to get a lot of character-driven storylines, you know, uh, and, and all that. So like, I kind of like the little nicher, you know, film festivals. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's so important. I'm always really surprised with the uh, amount of people that are, uh, let's say, uh, they, they talk about how they want to make a difference and that they, they care, but mm. they just don't really understand that showing up to these festivals is really important. Yeah, absolutely. Connecting because uh, something I forgot to mention, which is, for example, Gaza Surf Club, one of the directors, Mickey Yamin, he will be present. Oh, that's We've awesome. We've invited him. We've invited nine guests from around the world, and they are going to be there to have like, Q&As and open discussions. And wow, we that's can so talk cool. about things. So yeah, that was one of the things I kind of wanted to ask because yeah. you had mentioned this earlier. There is there is this uh, uh, Q and A diaspora. I guess diaspora. You call, call it a diaspora. We are so, a diaspora. You know, the, there yeah. there is a discourse that kind of occurs between mm-hmm. the you know uh, people watching and the directors and the filmmakers and all that stuff, which. Uh, actually kind of sounds cool for a film festival totally. to, and, to have. Totally. And even though it takes place in Lebanon, we were just talking, I was talking about this earlier, which is that we are all from different places. So like from Iraq, Syria, Palestinian, we have these mm-hmm. communities mm-hmm. living in diaspora mm-hmm. in Lebanon, and they have a place to come and interact with Lebanese mm-hmm. society to talk about their experiences and kind of, and there's also a discussion panel that's going to be taking place on one of the days. And it's all about uh, the state of freedom of expression in Lebanon right now. So it, for people who like to talk, or like have an intellectual conversation, we offer that as well. And the speakers are Ayman Mhanna and Diana Makalid, um, who are, you know, they've been working and uh, writing in uh, Lebanon for, for quite a while. Okay. So, so yeah, there is this interesting. Is, there, is the program for the festival, is it up anyway, anywhere on, it's on, up on and s- social media? So yes, you can find us on uh, Karama Beirut Festival. Um, there's an event. There's also Art Factory 961 is our official page. Okay, awesome. You can also follow us on Instagram at, at Karama Beirut Festival. Okay. And of course, we have our website, which is www.karamabeirut.com. 
Awesome. So I'll make sure to yeah, I'll make sure to post that on all the all the all the posts that we do for this episode later, um, and I'll have it in the you know notes section for podcasts and yep. and whatnot. Awesome. And Rami unfortunately doesn't offer that, but like all other podcasts kind of do. Sweet, which, which really is which is great. Look forward to seeing you there. And yeah, I mean, we'll I'm, I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited uh, uh, for this. Uh, hopefully, we'll be able to make it kind of like at some point next week. Hopefully, yeah. for the closing ceremony. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, thank you for coming. Thank you My for pleasure. joining us. Thank, Thank you, you so for much. sharing this with us. Thank you for doing this. Yeah, exactly. You're exactly. so welcome. Thank you for appreciating it. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was that was a fun little interview. It was interesting. It was it was very, a, very interesting. I actually can't wait to go watch some of the movies. I mean, the, the topics. I would love to squeeze in a few screenings yeah. next week if, yeah. if you and I can can do that. We'll, I would we'll love find a way. Yeah. We'll find a way to do that. We'll, we'll find a way. This week in cinema, mm-hmm. we've got some little little news. We've got yeah, we've got two two nice juicy stories yeah yeah the first one i'm just gonna you You, know you jump right in but why why are you so serious why why so serious why am i really (laughs) i had to okay i've always wanted to do that on the radio so basically what's happening uh with not the dceu but this is very confusing (laughs) so they got joaquin phoenix uh he's the next joker in a standalone movie directed by todd phillips produced by scorsese and it has nothing to do with the DCEU timeline. It's a separate movie. And that part has really gotten me very confused. In terms of casting, I'm quite interested with him because I was uh, remembering Gladiator when he plays, uh, I forgot, uh, yeah, yeah. Commodus, I think. Yeah. That, that crazy emperor. And he does have that kind of mad spark, which he could bring to the Joker. But direction-wise, I'm just, I'm lost uh, yeah. is what direction. I am. I have no idea what Warner Brothers is trying to do at this point. I am just completely, I'm like, you you literally, they literally look like they are floundering and they're just trying to do, to introduce a little anarchy is the what they're trying to do. End. It is ridiculous. Like, I'm, I'm like, you you have it, you, you're, you're releasing an Aquaman, you're, you're working to towards releasing a film called Sirens with Harley Quinn. Um, you know, blessed be her name, Margot <laughs> Robbie. Um, but now you're introducing another Joker. And, and wait, Jared Leto's Joker stays in, in the suicide, universe. Yeah, in, in Suicide I Squad. Just, it's, what is happening? I have no idea. That, uh, there, there is a big issue. They have to pull themselves together. They have to... Go MCU strategy, thinking long term, thinking uh, cohesiveness. They're, they're I'm just, I'm just, I, yeah, I, I'm like, I'm, I'm ready to just throw my hands up and be like, you know what? I give up on you because it's like, and even I read a theory out there that it's like this is the Joker from one of the parallel universes that the Flash can go to. I'm like. Which yeah, for you to do this, you have to establish that there are parallel universes. Nobody knows if you haven't seen, if, if they're only watching the movies, nobody has any idea. Like, look at how long it took them to introduce Wakanda. Look at the, how long it took mm. them to introduce the quantum realm. Look at how long it took them to introduce, you know, the, the yeah, different yeah, parallel yeah, universes right. of, of Doctor Strange. Like, you know, there's a one in 14 million chance that anybody's going to understand freaking this version of the Joker. No, no. I, maybe it's damage control, maybe... Uh, they, they, they're suffering at the box office, and they want to get damage control. People. This is more. This is going to cause know, more damage. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I. I really don't know what they're doing. They. They. They're confused. They're lost. Uh, 
I am excited to see Joaquin Phoenix himself as the Joker. Yes, that on a separate note, but also Todd Phillips as a director. I'm not too confident with that. The Hangover. Uh, he's done. He's he's a funny director, but I can't see him taking such an iconic character. And there's no Batman, and there's no. I, I don't know. I'm just. I. I'm sad. Now. Yeah. You know what else makes me sad? Tell me. Star Wars doing damage control. <laughs> This is what makes me even more sad. Oh, yeah. What's happening in the Star Wars What's happening in Star Wars is that all of a sudden, after the entire fan base of Star Wars has literally said, you know what, we're piecing out, (laughs) Disney and Lucasfilm decide to throw a big, big warm welcome (laughs) to the one and only Lando Calrissian. (laughs) Billy D. Williams. Billy D. Williams. He's back from outer space. I don't understand what's happening now. I have no idea where he even fits. Like, if you wanted to introduce Lando Calrissian, wouldn't it have been a smart idea to introduce him at the end of The Last Jedi when when they send out the beacon and when they send out for help? Like, wouldn't that have been an opportune moment to just have Lando sweeping in, uh, you know, helping and then gathering whatever is left? Like, wouldn't that have been like, you could have done a Luke, like you did a Luke in, in The Force Awakens. You could have done... A Lando in The Last Jedi and just brought Lando in at the end and then kind of bring him in, you know, in whatever episode nine is going to be called in my universe. It's going to be called Lando Lando Awakens. Episode nine. (laughs) We're figuring it out as we go. Um, You know, I just I just I don't understand. I. Are you bring and if they bring him back and they give him like a complex like they gave Luke and then kill him at the end? I, I mean, I'm just <laughs> I'm, I've had it with legacy characters getting killed off. Like, <sighs> look, I think I don't, I don't know. This is just a theory of mine. I think after Solo, a lot of people enjoyed Lando's character and they thought, why not? Oh, this is such a marketing on this. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's marketing. Absolute Let's marketing. capitalize on this. Let's play on emotions and nostalgia because we still haven't seen Lando from the old team. And um, he's, he's a fun character. And in, in the first one, you had Han and you had Leia and you had Luke for two seconds. Uh, in the second one, no Han, but you had Luke and Leia and then no more Luke. And well, obviously no more Leia because Carrie Fisher... You know what else angers me, though, with all of this? And you're just you're you're explaining how everything is happening with these legacy characters. Lando Calrissian didn't even like Han died. Mm. Where was he? Where were you, Mr. You know, buddy, old pal? Like what? Really? Like what? It, it makes it just fuses glitches in the brain. This makes no sense. It, and what makes me angry even more is that it is a marketing stunt. Yeah. This is not organic to the storyline. This has nothing to do with the narrative whatsoever, unless all of a sudden Ray is Lando's daughter, which I don't think so. Don't even get me started. And then Carrie Russell is being cast. Now, if she turns out to be Ray's mother, I'm going to punch a wall. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows at this point? Maybe, maybe Lando is Finn's father because they're both African-American. I don't know. Way to be racist. I'm not being racist. I'm just being... (laughs) Categorical? Logical. I don't know. But but seriously, Uh. again, these are two topics between the Joker and between um, Lando where 
they have no idea what they no, are they doing. Don't. They don't. They're, they're, they're trying to redeem, save themselves. I don't know what they think they're doing uh, deep in, in their hearts, in their souls, but they are messing up big time. Let's hope that J.J. Abrams can bring things together, finalize the trilogy in a nice and proper way, include Lando in a nice way, uh, and let's see what happens after that with the whole Star Wars universe. Because I'll tell you what's going to happen. It's going to be anarchy. <laughs> Goodness. I have. Uh, <sighs> I'm worried because it's, I'm it's, so worried. It's, it's a franchise I love. And, it is. And I agree. So earlier this, was it this week? Yeah. Mm, yep. Yeah. Earlier this week, um, Hotel Transylvania 3 made its way to uh, uh, our graces. Uh, to the motherland, Lebanon, uh, or is it the fatherland? I could never figure it out. Um, just Lebanon. Just Lebanon. Um, and uh, due to the fantastic people at Empire Movies. Yes. Our amazingly uh, uh, gracious, uh, uh, beautiful contact, Miss Sarah. Sarah Hura. Sarah Hura. <laughs> Sarah Lafrange. Lafrange. <coughs> Excuse me. Bless you. Uh, she invited... Uh, us to the uh, opening of the film and uh, gave me the opportunity to interview <coughs> excuse me oh my goodness bless you I gave me the opportunity to interview uh, Raya Abirashid who is a known um, um, entertainment journalist mm -hmm. uh, in in the MENA region she has an awesome show on NBC2 called uh, Scoop with Raya yep. where she gets to interview all of these Hollywood actors uh, filmmakers global filmmakers etc I really want her job <laughs> secretly um, which is what I'm trying to do with this show hey yeah. yeah. One day, my man, one, one day. day. We'll do it. One day. So um, to uh, share this interview with you guys, I ended up recording it, um, and I wanted to share it with you screeners. And, um, and, and yeah, she, she voices... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She was here because she voices... Uh, yeah. Mavis's character. Sorry, yeah. She voices Mavis's character in, in Arabic. Arabic, in the Arabic dubbed version of the, of the film. I got so excited about Raya, yeah. I completely forgot why she was there. Um, shame on me. Shame, um, shame. Okay. Raya, if you're listening, I'm really sorry. Uh, we love you. Um, <laughs> so here is the interview, guys. Enjoy. Hello, screeners. How are you? Um, okay, so is it interesting being on the flip side of this? <laughs> well, I have to say I have so much experience interviewing uh, movie stars that kind of, it feels interesting, but it also feels quite familiar. I feel like I know how to play that game. <laughs> do, you, do you think that having been exposed to all these people um, while interviewing them has, has taught you and, and given you almost like an indirect education in, in now being part of a production? No, I think what really helps is that I've been living, breathing, uh, loving cinema most of my life, if not all of my life. It's a, it's a domain and, a, and an atmosphere that I know by heart, so I feel very comfortable in it. Uh, and it's something that I really enjoy doing. So uh, I'm someone who doesn't know how to lie and pretend like I'm enjoying something. It's really not part of my personality. And I, I build a career on that. I mean, I have a movie that movie show that I adore. Uh, so uh, it's very easy for me to promote it because I love it. And that's kind of what we want to do on Script to Screen is yeah. be candid about the business and exactly. be candid about our love of cinema. <laughs> 
Um, you've done voice acting a few times. It's my third experience. Um, yeah. And you're dubbing into Arabic. Is, yes. is basically what you're doing. Yes. Do you get to work with the official director of the film? Do, do they have I input? Get to, in I get the... to meet. No, because technically I get I have to work with a director that understands Arabic that can okay. direct me in a performance in Arabic, which is what happened in this one. I did, although you know, because I'm on both sides of the story, I did interview the director of Hotel Transylvania. We had a big premiere in Cannes, and uh, so I get to see all sides of things. Okay. And do you feel like this is something that you want to kind of keep having or being a part of the voice acting thing? I mean, I really want to have sequels to all of the films that I've done. So I'm like praying for Angry Birds 2 and the Smurfs 4 and Hotel Transylvania 4, etc. Um, I love what I do. It's not something I would want to give up for an acting career. I don't really think that I have uh, acting talent. I think my talent is in presenting shows, uh, in interviewing celebrities and loving cinema and in infusing my love of cinema uh, to people who watch my shows. You've been, you've been yeah. doing Scoop for quite some time oh, yeah. now. Yeah, it's been Scoop with Raya, which is the new version of it. It's six, seven years old and there's um, a decade more of that. <laughs> um, where do you see the next, let's say, decade with the show? How do you see it evolving? How do you see well, it growing? It, it's quite exciting in the Middle East uh, at the moment. When I first started, it was a very timid uh, film industry in the Arab world and all of a sudden we have filmmakers that win a, you know, a special prize in Cannes and get nominated for the Oscars and are in the special selection at the Venice Film Festival. We have uh, Saudi Arabia opening cinemas, etc. So it's exciting for me because I feel there's now a next step of like embracing our own cinema and showing it to Hollywood. And because I'm in the middle of all of this, I feel like, you know, there's a, there's a renewed, uh, you know, energy. Do you feel excited way. that specifically for Lebanon that all of a sudden we've been the spotlight oh, is on oh, us now, like all, I mean, you know, with, you know, with Yadwede's attempt and now Nadine like, Lebakis. You know, and I'm with them, you know, in their success, you know, I was at the Oscars with Yadwede and with the whole team. I was in Cannes with Nadine. I have watched Nadine grow from a student of cinema to, you know, uh, winning a prize next to Spike Lee. It's extraordinary to me that uh, we got to that level and I want to support them as much as I possibly can. Since we have a lot of uh, young filmmakers um, in Lebanon listening to yeah. script to screen they're probably one of our bigger fan bases what would what piece of advice would you give young filmmakers here I think the writing is the most important thing and the secret of movies like The Insult and Kafarnaum is that because it started with writing that is very raw and very real and it's been a problem in the past it's not easy to write and it all starts with a good script so focus on your scripts learn from others and never never think that you are so good that you can't learn from someone else uh, that's the most common mistake if you meet the biggest director in this world they are, are also the most modest and the most candid and, and curious about other people's cinema constantly claiming they're students of the industry of course if you meet Martin Scorsese he will always tell you that he's he, he made a documentary about other filmmakers this is how excited they are about other filmmakers you know there's a great book called Easy Riders Raging Bulls about that whole generation of filmmakers and how they all worked together and became the sensation that they are today thank now you open the subject yeah, I know, never no. thank you so much for your time thank you so much my for your pleasure, time my pleasure so that was a fun time with Raya. Uh, I mean, it's not the clearest sound, uh, maybe because you, you hear a lot of the kids and everything in the background, but I really did want to share this. She's such a sweet person, such a genuine person. Um, and uh, yeah.
Wishing her all the best with the movie. Of course. I, I hope the movie does very well. I think it will. I think I, it I'm, will. I'm pretty sure it will. I would love to have her on this show. That would be fascinating. Like, I would, I would love, I would love to have too. her on that on this show and, and actually get to talk more about yeah. her, you know, experiences. Expand, expand and on like, what she said. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. I would love for that to happen. Um, now it's time for Script to Screen Recommends. We need a jingle for this. Script to Screen Recommends. I don't know. That was, don't, that was yeah, terrible. That was lame. So do you want to go first or should I go first? Um, no, I'm going to go first real quick because I don't have a lot to say yeah. um, about it. But I am recommending a television series uh, this week. And it is timely because of all the Star Wars hoopla that is going on <laughs> out there. Um, I'm going to recommend the animated series Star Wars The Clone Wars because okay. I think... Honestly, it, this is Star Wars at its best. Um, it lasted for six seasons um, under the uh, supervision of George Lucas, but with uh, the man that I believe has the power to save Lucasfilm, Lucas mm -hmm. uh, Dave Filoni. Um, the the storylines are just so good. Um, we're introduced to probably... One of the best female characters, yes, I'm saying female characters, in, in the saga, uh, a young Padawan called Ahsoka. Um, Anakin's character is redeemed in this. The music is great. Uh, the story arcs are great. The animation is beautiful. Um, and it's just a jolly good Star Wars time. Yeah. Um, and, and maybe people at Lucasfilms should remember what they did with the Clone Wars and how successful and loved the Clone Wars was, uh, especially because it is set between episodes two and three. Mm -hmm. um, you know, begun the Clone War has, Yoda <laughs> says at the end of Attack of the Clones. And, you know... You have this. You have six seasons of the Clone Wars. Yeah. Uh, the first season is a little rocky in the beginning, but then once it picks up, I mean, it's... It's really good. Around how many episodes per season? Um, it fluctuates, but I think it's between, it's around, I think like 20 okay. some, but they're all 20 minute long episodes. Okay. So, but I have it. It's amazing. I'll share it with you if you yeah, want to watch it. Yeah, um, we'd love to check yeah, that out. Yeah. It's a great, great series. Okay. Nice. Uh, today I'm going to be talking about something very special to me, special to Chandler and Joey, and very special to Jake Peralta. It's the 30th anniversary of Die Hard. And die it, Hard! Uh, yeah, Die Hard! <laughs> and it is, it is one of my favorite action movies, maybe Christmas action movies, because there's a, that ongoing debate. Yippee-ki-yay. Yippee-ki-yay. I'm toot. Yeah, I can't. We can't finish that off. Yeah, but. but it is such a good action movie. It still lives up today. Man, it's brilliant. It is a claustrophobic movie in a building and Bruce Willis saving the... It's Bruce Willis at his best. Yeah. It's yeah. early Bruce Willis. Isn't, it, isn't Alan Rickman in, in yes. it? Yes. Yeah, he it plays was the, his uh, first role. Yeah, yeah. He was uh, um, Hans Gruber. Hans Gruber. What a magnificent villain. I was this villain. close to saying Matt Gruber? No. <laughs> nope. Uh, nope. He, he's phenomenal in that movie. Uh, the, the movie is just so much fun. Whenever it's on TV, you can't, I will you stop can't, yeah, what you I'm can't. doing and I will watch the movie. You have to. Bruce Willis stuck in the van and the, the, the bad guys attacking him barefoot all the time. Every situation gets worse than the it's other. It's worse and, and worse and, and worse. But it is just so much fun. Yep. And again, again, it's 30 years old and it's 
probably better than most action films you have today. Yeah, absolutely. You know why? Because they're genuine stories. Yeah, and it has heart. And a character like John McClane, you fall in love with that character. Man, I want to be John McClane. You know, for a Halloween party a few years ago, I was dressed as John McClane from Die Hard 1. So I was in a uh, flanella Uh t-shirt thing on top and barefoot. And I had the names of the bad guys I had killed on my hand, (laughs) uh, Carl and someone else. And... No one got, like two people actually. One of the people who got it was Anthony Sargon. Uh, uh, yes. But in general, people Which were like. Which is the second shout out for yeah, the Sargon yeah. on the show. I think it's a sign that we should. It's a sign we should bring him back. Yeah. Yeah. So check, if, if you haven't, for some reason, watched Die Hard, the first one, go watch it. Yep. 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 That's awesome. So what's in the movies wow. currently this week? Wow. There are a lot, a lot of new movies, new releases. Uh, American Animals is one of them. Yep. Uh, Hotel Transylvania 3 is one of them. Uh-huh. Uh, you have Dwayne The Rock Johnson Skyscraper, which is out. Yes, yes. Uh, which, which strangely, I, there are some people giving it like four and five stars. I, I wonder why. I don't know. Because <sighs> it's probably a very creative film. Um, the Purge is out. The, the, the first, the first Purge. Purge. Yep. Yes, please. Yep. Ant-Man and the Wasp. Jurassic World is still out. Escape Plan 2. A lot of movies. There's a lot of movies. movies. So go to the movies. Go watch movies. It's hot. Go AC. Watch a film. Talk about the film. Have some popcorn and enjoy it. Exactly. And films to look forward to in the coming week. Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again. The uh, very controversial film Beirut. Mm. In Darkness, Looking Glass, The Domestics, Gotti, The Yellow Birds, and Shock and Awe. Mm. Gotti, the Travolta one. Right? Yeah, which is, uh, yeah, so far it's been getting like very bad reviews. Um, In Darkness is, is kind of like a psychological thriller mm-hmm. horror thing. The Domestic's kind of the same thing. Mm-hmm, it's a thriller. Mm-hmm. Yep. Shock and Awe is a is based on a true story. It's it's something politically driven. Okay. Uh, it's biographical. And The Yellow Birds uh, deals with... Um, it's like a mystery uh, war film mm-hmm. with Jennifer Aniston, um, and a, it's a really good cast too. Okay. About a group of soldiers that come back, and there's a mystery of what happened while they were uh, wherever they were deployed, mm-hmm. and yeah, it's mm-hmm. it looks pretty intense. Nice. Um, but yeah, I mean, a jam-packed, uh, jam-packed couple of weeks left in July before August rolls in, and the bigger blockbusters come around. Yeah. Let's hope they're good. Well, I mean, <laughs> Mission Impossible Fallout has a 98% yeah. on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm actually very excited. Yeah, I mean, like, okay, okay. They're calling it the Mad Max uh, Fury Road of oh, the Mission, Mission Impossible, Impossible series. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm excited for that. That could be really dope. Plus, with Henry Cavill and his mustache and the whole mustache gate thing. Yeah, mustache gate. Because yeah. of this film. Yeah. <laughs> so let's see yeah. if the mustache is worth it. <laughs> let's see if it's worth it. On that note, if you want to follow us on social media, you can follow me at Alan Mahana. And you can follow Hodge Solo at Hod.Solo. Thank you guys for joining us on another fantastic Saturday afternoon here on Radio Lebanon 96.2 FM. Make sure you join us again next week, same time, 4 p.m., same place. I just said it, Radio Lebanon 96.2 FM. Yeah, where? No, I'm kidding. Radio Le- okay. Thank you for joining us. Have <laughs> a you, great everyone. weekend. <laughs> Go and watch movies. Enjoy it, guys. See you next week.
Hi, I'm Alan. And I am Hat Solo. And together we can rule the galaxy. That might take too much time. Let's talk about films and TV instead. That makes sense. Join us every Saturday at 4 p.m. for brand new episodes of Script to Screen, only on Radio Lebanon 96.2 FM. We'll be discussing all the latest news from the film and TV industry. And we'll also enchant you with some of the greatest songs and soundtracks out there. Script to Screen, only on Radio Lebanon 96.2 FM. Made to be heard. <laughs>